the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The following program is sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and as you all know, have such a passion for seniors. And seniors, if you're listening right now, I just want to send out a message that I adore you. This is going to be a fabulous year for you, 2023. Yes, time goes faster and faster, but um, he has a purpose. God has a purpose for all of us. And I'm so blessed to be here today with Matthew Coolis. Is that how you pronounce your name? Yes, Coolis. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Matthew is an acupuncturist and a fascinating man. So good morning, Matthew. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. Thank you for being here. This, um, this program is going to be unique because I don't know how many people are familiar with acupuncturists. And, you know, I met Matthew years ago and have been fascinated by his work and he is, I've referred numerous people to him, and he's taking care of every single one of them well. So that's why he's here today. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you again for all that. Yes, yeah. my, I have a huge passion for helping patients just live better, right? Live optimally. And um, you know, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to kind of talk about what I can do for patients. Yep, yep absolutely. So tell us, I mean, because people are confused by the term. Uh, they don't really understand <clears throat> what it is or, or how it works. So explain acupuncture. Yeah, there's a lot of people are confused by it because it is such a newer kind of mode of medicine that I think the West is kind of starting to adopt now, especially in the past 20 years or so. Um, so, you know, historically, acupuncturists have been thought of, you know, working, you know, as a sole practitioner, you know, out of a small office. And oftentimes they might prescribe you strange herbs or things or tinctures that you might not know a lot about and with strange names. Um, and it definitely is kind of a process that's different and unique because you're putting a filiform needle, which is just a tiny strand of metal that's sterilized uh, previously 
Uh, we open the packages and it's sterilized. It goes into the skin and we're ultimately helping patients deal with pain, inflammation, um, and a lot of other kind of chronic conditions that people might have. So with acupuncture, there's a couple of different ways that I explain how it can work. Um, there's, there's the esoteric kind of acupuncture that we talk about chi, blood, um, you know, fluids moving through the body. And a lot of this is kind of over the head of a lot of patients and Western, um, you know, uh, patients because we don't really, you know, think of these terms that much. No, we, we really don't. Um, our minds are being opened up to them more now, though. Like you said, I think it's more prevalent than it ever has been. Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, I try and steer patients kind of away from a lot of this terminology and really look towards um, like the Western sciences. Mm -hmm. um, so we are talking about blood flow moving through the body um, and, uh, you know, inflammation, um, helping people deal with pain. Yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, it has been, it is interesting because pain is a big thing in people's bodies. And and we just talked about this last week, actually, on our program about how many people live with pain and think that it's normal. They think it's normal. And it's like, it is not normal to have pain. Yeah. Like, we don't want pain. And it's not part of aging. You don't have to have pain because you're over the age of 70 or 80, right? Right. No, exactly. I think the body... Uh, has these mechanisms to uh, alert us to something is wrong. Pain yes. is definitely a warning signal. Right. Um, oftentimes you can think of it as an analogy to a warning signal on your car, right? right. So um, if something's flashing at you, it might be every once in a while, intermittently over the years. You're like, oh, my oil's fine. It, it's a, it'll, it'll be fine. And then all of a sudden you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that's definitely a cue that, hey, something needs to be changed. You need to go to a doctor. Um, and oftentimes I'm a big proponent of Western medicine. Obviously, I work at Henry Ford. Um, you know, I'm definitely all for medications, you know, injections, surgeries in the appropriate amount, in the appropriate dose, you know, under the right situations and circumstances. Um, but what I really like to help patients with is, you know, preventing uh, getting to those points, right? So there's a lot of things that we can do right. to relieve inflammation, um, you know, help people with sleep, digestion, uh, before they might have to go through more. Um... So if you just said sleep, I'm not going to lie. My husband has been struggling for years. He wakes up every time I get up in the morning. I'm like, how'd you do? And he's like, I got up 12 times last night. Oh no. I got up 10 times last night. I got up six times. I'm like, I can't even imagine that. I put my head on the pillow. I don't wake up till the morning. Oh, wow. That's I mean, amazing. I'm really blessed. I don't take yep. that for granted. But just something like sleep makes such a difference in your life. Absolutely. It's so, foundational. So you really believe acupuncture can help sleep? Absolutely. Okay. I'm making an appointment okay. for him. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Saying. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, you have to keep searching for answers as well, right? I mean, I don't necessarily maybe have all the answers, but there's a good way that we can kind of point you in the right direction to maybe other providers too, that would be a better wow. fit for you. And sleep is one of these conditions that's super complex too. There could be a lot of different, um, you know, pathogenesis to it. I mean, is it a mineral deficiency? A lot of people might just be deficient in magnesium and that's something that they need to kind of rest into sleep. Um, for a lot of people, this term sleep hygiene is definitely becoming much more common mm -hmm. and prevalent as well. So we're talking about things like making sure there's no, uh, 
lights in your bedroom, even like low lights that may be coming from your phone or a computer screen, uh, making sure that you're not eating uh, food two hours before bedtime as well, because that can stimulate um, insulin and can actually wake you up kind of in the middle of the night as well. People don't think about that kind of stuff, but wow. there's a lot of like little tips and tricks that, you know, I talk about to some of my patients. But, you know, if we go through kind of the battery of things that I can help patients with, and then also obviously with the acupuncture, maybe some right. herbal recommendations as well. And if those aren't working, then we'll, you know, I can refer to maybe a specialist or somebody else at Henry Ford. So there's a lot of people, I believe now, and I'm, I'm like this, and that's why you're here today. I believe that there is the best of both worlds, right? Because there is so much that we need to, you know, our food, exercise, that type of stuff. It's on us, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and... On the other side, and, and a lot of natural remedies can be, can, you know, we need to get to the root cause of why things are happening. Exactly. And then work that way. And of course, we have the options of, you know, surgery or something like that if you have major back pain and it's not being fixed. Mm -hmm. But why not try this way first, sure. right? Sure. Even a surgeon, a back surgeon, my husband had back surgery. He, he had him go through everything he could possibly go to be before he had the surgery. You oh, got to try great. physical therapy. You got to try great. the shots. You got to try this. You got to try that. Yep. Because they want you to try to do that first. So, you know, that's why, you know, Matthew is, a, is an excellent representative of Henry Ford because Henry Ford has said, hey, let's put all this under one bridge. Let's, sure. let's do this the right way. Sure. Yeah. I think... A lot of people, and especially physicians too, which is great, your story about your husband. I mean, mm -hmm. ultimately, I think a lot of physicians too are realizing the more intense the intervention is, the deeper we have to go, the more we have to operate and stuff. Poor health outcomes usually are kind of what we see uh, for a patient, especially in the long term, right? Like, sure, the surgery might help, but ultimately there might be more arthritis above and below the surgery. Um, there might be more scar tissue that happens too if it's more invasive. And then patients are dealing with maybe other issues too. So if you can manage things naturally, in my opinion, it's kind of the better way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So there's different styles of acupuncture or is it all the same? In which one do you practice? Yeah. So I went to what's called the five element school of acupuncture, um, but there's a lot of different styles. So a lot of people don't realize this. They think okay. kind of acupuncture is probably just one, one thing, thing oh, one yeah. size fits all. You know, I have headaches. I do these certain points. I have, you know, bloating, gastrointestinal pain, tinnitus. I do these certain points. And there's definitely certain styles that are more formulaic like that, okay. um, but ultimately there's a whole smattering. So every acupuncturist might practice different styles according to what what they gravitate towards. You know, they might do different trainings or different fellowships with other acupuncturists around the country, um, different learning modules that we might learn after school that we kind of are more called to mm -hmm. um, that influence our style. Um, some acupuncturists are more, um, they're maybe more based in body work as well. So they might do uh, more acupressure um, or more kind of uh, cupping or gua sha, what we call uh, gua sha is kind of akin to Graston technique and physical therapy. So it's a scraping technique. So these are just more like physical modalities um, of our medicine that we can do that are akin to acupuncture, but just another kind of layer of care that we can provide. Wow. Okay. Yep. I had no idea. See, yep. listeners, this is why he's here. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, that's fascinating. So, but there's Korean, there's Japanese style, and they just all might be a little bit different. Like Korean uh, style acupuncture focuses on the hand as kind of a microcosm of the whole body. Um, so they, um, you know, they'll do different points around the hand that might be good for the low back or good for headaches or good for sleep um, or good for digestive issues as well. So there's just a bunch of different ways that um, we can kind of treat a person. And I will cycle through different styles in my practice now as well. Um, you know, so if somebody's having motor issues, if, I have, if I'm seeing a Parkinson's patient, I might actually do more scalp acupuncture. So this is kind of a micro system within acupuncture, we would say. So we're doing different points along the scalp, um, maybe threading different lines that maybe correlate to different motor areas of the body. Um, and so this helps people a lot with spasticity, gait issues, um, sometimes even speech issues as well. Um, and then I'll throw in maybe some other body points, you know, physical body points like low back, um, you know, hands, etc. Fascinating. We're going to get into more of this in the next segment. You're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is really about acupuncture, and it's fascinating. We are blessed to have Matthew with us from Henry Ford Health, and we, we kind of tapped on it a little bit in the last segment, um, Matthew, but the um, Parkinson's and the different disease states, how there's certain areas of the body that you know of things that can be done just to support that. So kind of share a little bit more about that because I know a lot of our listeners either may have been diagnosed with something but haven't had like a full-blown you know episode mm-hmm. or maybe they're halfway and they're like i wish there was something i could do yeah. sure so yeah. just share a little bit yeah there's i mean different acupuncturists too will specialize in different conditions um i would say i specialize more in pain um sometimes movement parkinson's um a big area of interest for me as well has been um working with this auricular vagus nerve protocol so i'm doing treatments on people's ears, and then I'm stimulating the vagus nerve for a variety of conditions. So this could be good for orthostatic hypotension, which a lot of Parkinson's patients have. Um, It also is good for PTSD. It's good for tinnitus. And it's actually... Um, through some of the research that I was looking at is the, this is how I found it was ultimately for my tinnitus patients. So that's the ear ringing, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So if you have ringing in the ears, um, it can sound like cicadas kind of always humming or buzzing. Some people have it so bad that it can drown out other conversation, um, which is, is really debilitating for a lot of patients. Oh, I would try anything to get rid of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, there's, there's a variety of conditions that acupuncture is really well suited to treat, I would say, notably pain. Um, But then we can start getting into kind of these specialized kind of conditions as well, like Parkinson's, um, you know, gastrointestinal issues like gastroparesis as well, Um, you know, migraines, insomnia, PTSD. So there's a wide variety of different conditions that we can treat. Um, And so I would say those are kind of the main things that I like to see. Um, I like to help patients with, um, but some people will specialize more kind of in sports medicine. Other people specialize more in in infertility. I've worked on a number of, uh, you know, fertility and fertility patients as well, but there's a bunch of different conditions that we can help patients with. Acupuncture was China's primary care model 
for thousands of years, right? They've definitely integrated a lot of uh, their approaches, right, with Western medicine as well, because, I mean, Western, we, a lot of us wouldn't be here, I think, without right. Western medicine, no, right? I mean, and absolutely. all the advances that it has uh, given us. But ultimately, um, I think there's a lot of good bridging that can happen between Western and Eastern medicine, yeah. uh, because a lot of people are on medications, like for instance, Parkinson's or other conditions that are kind of neurodegenerative, uh, even a lot of pain conditions too. You might have these conditions for a long time, many years, um, but acupuncture excels at kind of reducing uh, or help, you know, if patients are wanting to reduce medication use in accordance with their doctor's recommendations, obviously, you know, acupuncture can be a really good uh, boost to their care. Yeah, a support to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's about coming alongside, you know, the physical person and putting all the different pieces in place to make them a better, in, right. a, in a better right. situation. And I think so, because in, you know, in our country, I think we oftentimes excel at looking at um, randomized controlled trials, the scientific method, right, which are very much so um, small, looking at looking at a condition or a process um, through a small lens, so that we can be able to get a medication or get a therapy that is really good for a certain condition. But I think a lot of doctors, like you were saying too, it's like with your husband, ultimately we want to create uh, a better course of care for our patients. So it takes an integrative approach, right? So it might take exercise, might take physical therapy, might take doing yoga, right? You can do yoga in a group. You can do yoga with your family uh, and then go see your acupuncturist. You might have to go see a massage therapist every once in a while. Um, so there's a large a diversity of uh, therapies that we could provide for patients. And I, th I think also, you know, some patients respond better to certain conditions, certain therapies um, themselves, right? I mean, some people are just going to be, you know, physical therapy help them a lot. So go see a physical therapist, right? And then maybe include some other, uh, you know, therapies as well, kind of in that, in that kind of larger context of care. Right, right. Man, it is fascinating. <clears throat> I am sure the listeners are as fascinated as I am right now. This is such good information. Uh, some people are concerned about safety issues. Is it is it painful? Is it safe? Like, talk to us a little about about the process. Yeah, ultimately, acupuncture is a very minimally invasive procedure, so the safety profile of this is is very safe. Um, I mean, every time I see a patient, for every point that I will needle on a patient, um, you know, I'm swabbing it with alcohol. All the needles are sterile all the time. Every you know, we're never reusing needles. Yeah. After we pull needles, they're going into a sharps container. And we'll never see them again, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like any other kind of, um, you know, procedure that you're doing a needle stick for or a blood draw. Um, so it's, it's a very safe procedure. And I think a lot of people have this context, um, this notion that it's unsafe because I think it's so foreign oftentimes, right? Because we don't know a lot about it. People have apprehension. So that makes that fear process uh, or that question about safety a little bit more prominent, I think, in their minds. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of pain with it, really, right? I mean, you can sort of feel something tapping on your skin, but it's not like... It you shouldn't be, it pain. shouldn't be painful. No, no, it should be a little poke, a little pinch on the insertion of a point, And then it should go away right away in a few seconds. And I'll tell patients if there's any lingering sensation longer than 30 seconds, that let usually me means, yeah, let me know. We'll have to redo that point maybe, but that's pretty rare. I would say maybe I'll have that once a day, once a week, maybe in my well, practice. And that, that just reminds me of someone drawing blood, right? Right. Oh, right. missed the vein. Oh, let me try again. Right. Let me try again. And yeah. all of a sudden it's like five times you're like, okay. 
you know, you're done. And the, someone else. And the thing is, with a blood draw, the pain level with a blood draw is so significant because it's actually a hypodermic needle. So that means there's a hollow, uh, you know, tube with that needle shaft. So you're causing tissue damage. With acupuncture needles, are filiform, so they're just kind of sliding in between the tissue. And we're not ever aiming for veins either, which are inherently a little more innervated, nervous. Uh, they have more nerves right. kind of surrounding them as well. So the pain response is much higher if you're needling into a vein or artery. So, uh, But needling into soft tissue, you should feel like a little pinch, a dull ache on the insertion, and then nothing at all. And that's actually kind of how acupuncture does work. It's, it's in my opinion, what we'd like to see, mm -hmm. um, just because it's stimulating the nervous system and saying, hey, something's going on over here, right? I'm, I'm being invaded by a little needle. And that in inherently activates the immune system and the nervous system to say, mm -hmm. oh, hey, we should go take care of this little micro trauma that's happening, right? So mm -hmm. for people's chronic pain issues, right, you're chronically inflamed in that area. Uh, but by needling that tissue, it actually signals to the brain, hey, there's a little more inflammation that we're normally dealing with, rile these mechanisms and blood flow and circulation to the area to deal with the pain better. I love it. So it's the body. It's literally the body. It is. There's nothing on the needles that we put on there. It's just That's a filiform needle. It is pretty fascinating. And that's what got me interested in acupuncture too, because I had all these same questions yes. and I thought this is impossible. Like, how does this work? But I think, you know, which is excites me for being on my end as an acupuncturist. Um, I get to look at a lot of the research now too, that's coming out. I mean, there's some really good data out there that's showing that acupuncture is quote unquote, what's being called a hormetic therapy. Um, so we're just kind of inducing a little bit of trauma, a little bit of inflammation, stressing the body a little bit to get a bigger physiological response that ends up helping patients with X, Y, and Z, whatever their condition is. So how soon do you think after a session, do they start feeling the healing. So it depends on the person. So this is kind of one of the, the caveats of acupuncture. Everybody does respond just a little bit differently, just like they do with any other therapy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. With medications, with physical therapy, whatever, you know, it, it does take a little bit of trying to really see how much we can help a patient with. Um, so, you know, generally speaking though, you know, I recommend five to six treatments for a patient as a baseline of care. Um, after two or three sessions, I'm really hoping to see some sort of positive change with their symptoms. So reduction in pain, better sleep, they're getting more hours in the night, um, they're you know, digestive system is functioning more optimally, the ringing in the ears is less intense, the neuropathy is better. Um, it's not going to be a perfect medicine. Sometimes conditions will regress a bit as well as we kind of move through, especially for things that are like neurodegenerative or just really, really chronic in nature. But ultimately, we can reduce symptoms to a good degree and maybe get people on a better plateau of, of being and, and uh, living more optimally, right? More functional. Wow. So. Wow. Okay. So I was thinking of something as you were talking, and now I have to remember what it was because I feel like there's, I have so many questions. Listeners, help me. Yeah. Because I know they're thinking right now, I wish you would ask this question. But, um, but it's so fascinating the process that you follow. The, is it, is it almost like you're laying on like a, I haven't, I haven't done it of like a full body one. But, sure. But if, depending on the area that you're reaching, so it's almost like you're like a massage table, right? Right. And yes, and that's exactly how it is. It's a massage table, treatment table. Um, you know, we, we keep it kind of softer and warmer. It's not so clinical, I would say, right. like a regular kind of doctor's office. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we some some gentle music as well. And all this kind of goes into the therapy as well. We can't have patients be really stressed, you know, if they're coming in. It's not going to work. Your not, body's not going to, yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people. We probably got there because we're 
stressful. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Patients come in to see me all the time and they're just like, you know, acupuncture definitely works for them. They know that. I mean, because there's so such significant relief, but they're also just like, you know, this is good time and exercise for me just to slow down a little bit too. To sit here for an hour exactly, or whatever it is. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Okay. How long is it about? So, minutes? so initial treatment might be a little bit longer because we'll have to do a full intake. Um, but usually about an hour or so. Once we leave needles in, it's about 30 minutes of needle retention. Okay. Well, you're listening to The Patriot, and we're going to be back right after this advertisement. FM 101.5, AM 1400. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400, and welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Each and every week, we really do our best to bring you pertinent information that will help you as you age, because you know what? Guess what? It happens to all of us. As much as we might want to avoid it, yes, we all live, hopefully, as healthy as possible, as long as possible. And that's our goal with this program, is to give you resources, to give you information, and really just to educate all of us. And listeners, I don't know about you, but I'm learning an absolute ton from Matthew. He is from Henry Ford health system. Um, which location are you located or can they call you at any location? I don't know. Tell yeah, us how to get no, I you. work, I work mostly at the Royal Oak office. So this is our brand new Henry Ford building. That's right downtown. Um, but I also do work at the Ford road office that's over in Dearborn as well, but I've worked at pretty much every location that Henry Ford has had our department. in. so, so they can call and just ask for, you know, your, the acupuncturist. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'd prefer Matthew at Coolest because that's fine. he's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> we put him on the radio. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our number is 833-246-4347 if patients have any interest in calling. Okay. Let's do that one more time. Sure. 833-246-4347. 833-246-4347. Nice and easy. Okay. Awesome. Because there, there's people right now that are dialing that phone number okay. because Great. like me, I'm going to send an appointment for my husband. Great. But uh, talk to us a little bit. We, we talked a lot about the, the, the acupuncture, the actual needle and the process and stuff like that. But there are other things too that kind of support that. So talk to us about some of those other options. Yeah. So as acupuncturists, we're we're kind of referred to as like Asian medicine practitioners. So acupuncture is just one tool in our toolbox that we can help patients with. Um, but like we were mentioning before, there's a lot of physical modalities that um, practitioners might specialize in. Uh, cupping is very common, and a lot of people might have heard about that as well. Uh, Michael Phelps and a lot of other athletes and celebrities now are definitely getting into kind of the mix and posting things on social media and everything. And so with cupping, these are, you know, very typical. Uh, you'll see patients with like bruising and circular patterns on their yeah. bodies. Um, and that's what we're after. That's what we're looking for. Because what cupping is, we take a glass globe, we suction the air out of it, either with a mechanical device, like um, uh, some cups or glass globes will have kind of a little device at the end where we can extract the air. Or traditionally, how it's been done for thousands of years is using fire. So they'll just kind of put a little flame in it really quick suctions the air out and you put it on a patient really quick. It's very therapeutic, very warming. It feels great for a lot mm -hmm. of patients. But what that does is it raises the soft tissue up into the globe and then it creates, you know, if you leave it on long enough, it creates this patterned bruising. Um, and ultimately it's a stretch technique, right? So we're able I know, to I'm pull. like, why is this good? <laughs> right. No, it, it, it sounds scary. It definitely does. But I think it's so therapeutic and wonderful because it's stretching some of the tissue, especially when patients have really tight spastic muscles 
muscles. Um, this can happen from a variety of causes. If people have arthritis in joints um, or if there's just weakness and debility, some muscles will actually um, become more spastic and rigid. And so if you think about it, muscle fibers work unidirectionally, right? They just have fibers that kind of go in one long pattern. And so they'll shorten and shorten and shorten and become more kind of fibrotic over time. Um, and ultimately it just leads to a reduction in movement of that muscle and of that joint. But what cupping can do is it pulls that tissue away in a different direction that that muscle normally can't act in, right? So by doing so, it actually allows for a deep release of any kind of spasm or pain that's in that tissue. So we call them adhesions too. So when these muscle fibers become dense for so long, you can they become knots basically. And that's mm -hmm. what your massage therapist or somebody is probably telling you, oh, you have a big knot there. I wish I could work it out. Massage can only ever go downwards and in with their motion of their hand or with a tool, so right? Yep. But ultimately, you know, by pulling it away from the body, you're extracting some of that tissue um, and it's perfusing more blood flow circulation to it as well, which ultimately helps heal the body. So cupping is one of these techniques too. Like I mentioned, acupuncture is kind of considered a hormetic therapy, just a little bit of tissue damage, but it's beneficial for the body, right? Mm -hmm. Cupping is the same way. We just want to kind of stretch and pull that tissue out a little bit. And then that signals the body to go and heal that tissue um, as it needs to, right? So when you get a massage and they do tell you you have knots, because obviously mm -hmm. that happens to many people, it, does there come a point when you can't get the knot out and you need to go to cupping next? Is that like the next level? Or I, I would that... say so. I think okay. a lot of times massage therapists do, they'll either do cupping themselves or they'll send them to me um, ultimately because a knot just won't release, right? There's only so much they can do. And some people will do things like rolfing as well, which are maybe a little bit more intensive uh, massage therapy, trying to get underneath the tissue to kind of work it out. Cupping is just wonderful because it's such a simple technique that we can just put a cup on, pull it away from the body yeah, and allow allow for it to kind of heal on its own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And what's rolfing? So rolfing is just kind of a deeper technique of a massage. I don't do but rolfing. Don't do okay. I don't do rolfing, but just That's if maybe people have heard about it before. Yeah. Okay. And then what other things do you do? You said something else. Yeah, yeah. there's gua sha. So that's G-U-A-S-H-A. It's spelled. It's a little, it's a Chinese okay. pinyin term. Um, ultimately, ultimately, it means kind of creating sha. And sha in Chinese medicine is this bruising, we would say. Um, so this is more of an so assisted... I'm really having a hard time wrapping my okay. head around bruising being okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, and I'm sure the listeners are too. But yeah. it makes sense. I get it because yep. you're bringing blood, right? I mean, right, is that kind right. of the blood is the healing. Yep, and we want just a little bit of this kind of damage uh, in the in the muscle tissue, in the fascia, so that the body can say, "Oh, hey, there's something that actually happened over here. We just need to direct the healing factors and the Got blood it. flow to this area a little bit more locally, so it heals faster." Okay, all right, go yeah. ahead. Tell so, us about so gua sha. A lot of um, like physical therapists or chiropractors might do something that's called grass technique as well. It's very similar. It's the same technique. Um, and ultimately it, it involves taking a beveled, uh, instrument. It almost looks like a large butter knife, but just very soft and rounded on the edge. So it's not sharp at all, but then we'll just scrape the tissue as well. So like I was saying with a knot or an adhesion, um, in somebody's upper neck or shoulder area, um, you know, it works good at getting kind of the area that's a like behind the head and the neck where cups maybe can't reach mm -hmm. um, because cups you have to, they're a circular device. And so they work better on like larger surface areas of the body. Right. Um, so kind of open back uh, or legs or things like that. But 
the gua sha works really good at targeting the neck, kind of what we would call the occipital ridge of the head. Um, and you can get knots in those smaller muscles there as well. So we can just kind of scrape and pull and just apply a little bit of pressure there. Typically, patients won't have a lot of bruising with gua sha, but it, you know, it might happen a little bit. But again, we just want to stretch that tissue to bring more blood flow circulation to the area. Um, and then people people will usually have more range of motion, better flexibility, and usually less pain as well. No, there's people that can't turn their heads because they've had so much. Exactly. Know. And especially after like uh, cervical fusion as well, right? There's scar tissue there uh, that's immobile. And ultimately then what happens is ancillary muscles that are around there get hypertrophic and they build up. And then much, it's much more common and prevalent to have these knots that are, that are found in those muscle groups. So what about uh, topicals? Is there anything... Or, or supplements? Is there anything that complements the two things you just talked about in addition? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for a lot of patients dealing with uh, chronic pain issues, ultimately, uh, it could just be like a mineral deficiency. So this is the winter time also. So I talk to patients about vitamin D supplementation, right? A lot of people might be deficient in vitamin D and they especially might be- in Michigan. Exactly. Exactly. Especially this time of year, right? Um, so ultimately, if you have chronic pain, um, it could just be a mineral deficiency or other kind of you know thing that you're missing from your diet that ultimately plays a factor in how your body processes the pain response in your brain. So vitamin D is important for that. Sometimes I'll talk to patients about magnesium supplementation um, or fish oil or like omega-3s as well. There's been a lot of good studies that look at um, chronic uh, low back pain and actually supplementing with uh, omega-3s or fish oils, and that can help patients as well. These are things that are very common, I think, kind of deficient in the American diet right now because we're not eating a lot of fish. We're not eating a lot of vegetables. Magnesium is found in a lot of vegetables and leafy greens. Um, you know, we're just, again, like kind of deficient in vitamin D as well because we, we live in Michigan. So, um, so those are kind of the general supplements that I recommend. I will recommend Chinese herbal medications too for patients if they're not on a lot of standard medications already, mm-hmm. just because I want to make sure I'm protecting against, um, you know, any contraindications, contraindications or, that, yeah, right. or any interactions with their medications. Um, so if people are on blood thinners, I tend not to recommend Chinese herbs just because they, you know, herbal medicine is rarefied or purified, um, you know, herbs. So there are, you can think of it as a spectrum. There's food as medicine, but then you get into herbal medicine as well. So those are just higher antioxidant uh, particles or roots or twigs or leaves that we use. Um, but they'll ultimately might have that kind of same blood thinning effect as well. So then I tend not to do it with those kind of patients. Uh, but if they're on like a pain medication uh, or on an NSAID, like those, sometimes I'll recommend herbal supplements as well. And that can be kind of complex because there's a lot of different herbs that we could recommend for a variety of conditions. Um, and you have a lot of knowledge on that. And that, that's part that's, of my training. That's yep. Great. That's part of my training as well. Yep. Good and so, for you. so as another pillar of acupuncture, like I said, yeah, Asian medicine practitioners. We learn acupuncture, these physical modalities, Chinese herbal medicine, but then we'll also learn a little bit about food as medicine as well. So I'll, I'll talk to patients about pizza making, and pop. Don't go yeah, in that category. Exactly. Everyone, just yeah. So you know. The modern diet is, is not the best. And so I'll kind of steer patients in towards, you know, what are some better foods? Like if you're having hot flashes is a common condition that I'll, I'll see a lot in my practice. The acupuncture can work great for that, but oftentimes I'll recommend cooling foods. So this is pretty obvious. Like, like cucumbers, watermelon, radishes, right? Cauliflower, all those foods could be really good for treating hot flashes, for instance. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400, and we'll be back in just one moment. 
This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We are here today with Matthew Kulas, and what a blessing you have been. What a wealth of knowledge. This gentleman has so much passion for healing and for helping people. And it's just fascinating to me. And I know, Henry Ford, you can call an 800 number we're going to give you again. So grab your pen and paper. Uh, I highly recommend uh, contacting Henry Ford and asking for Matthew because this is just an absolute amazing way to decrease inflammation, to you know feel better about yourself, reduce pain. I mean, there's so many... Sleep better. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, on on, yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, honestly, why would we not try this? And right. it's, it's really not evasive. Right. It's minimally invasive. So the risk of, you know, most of the time, you know, patients aren't even bleeding after an acupuncture treatment, no. right? So because it's so minimally invasive, we're not needling into veins or anything like that. No. So the risk is very, very subtle and the benefits could be great for Huge. a patient. Yep. Totally worth it. Yep. I mean, completely worth yep. it. So yeah, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. I, I hope listeners, you are too. I, I find it so interesting. Um, you, I know you had a story you wanted to share with us. You were telling me over the yeah. break. Well, so I have, so I've been specializing, um, you know, with, um, vagus nerve stimulation on the ears of patients, uh, ultimately. So in the past, like four years or so, I, d- I found this protocol online that I've been kind of expanding you. on, mm-hmm. mostly using it for patients tinnitus, but there's a lot of other applications that it can be used for, um, from sleep, like we said, PTSD, gastroparesis, other kind of digestive issues as well because of the way that the vagus nerve travels through the body. So ultimately, the vagus nerve goes from the brain all the way into the gut, touches a a lot of the major organs in the body, but there's a tiny branch of the vagus nerve that goes to the ear, the auricular branch, and we can put a couple needles there, hook patients up to electric stim. It's very low voltage, low hertz stimulation on the ear. A lot of patients maybe are familiar with this if they've been to a physical therapist, they've had TENS or other kind of techniques as well. Uh, done. And then I'll have patients work on their breathing as well to actually activate the main pathway of the vagus nerve. Um, so there was a patient that I had. So long story, I'm trying to make it kind of yeah, go, no, through the, go through the bullet had, points here. We had to know what vagus nerve was. For absolutely. The story, I'm yep, sure. absolutely. Which I did not, by the yep, way. <laughs> yep. So um, it's a powerful nerve. So a lot of good, good implications. So with this patient, you know, she was coming in for neck pain, back pain, and fibromyalgia. So there is uh, especially local areas of pain in the back and then also pain kind of all over the body. And she had other digestive stuff going on as well. Um, we did local treatments. So that means I worked locally on her neck and her back for a number of treatments. And like we, like I said, we've done the acupuncture. We did a lot of those physical modalities that I would, uh, do mm-hmm. on patients as well, like the cupping. None of that was really denting her pain. She was doing a lot of other things as well. Physical therapy, yoga, eating really well, right? So this is when I start scratching my head as a practitioner and saying, what else are we missing here? Right? What else could we be doing? So I decided, you know, because she had this digestive stuff going on as well, and maybe just kind of uncontrolled inflammation in the body to some degree unknown, I said, let me do this vagus protocol that I've been doing on patients with tinnitus and a couple other conditions. And maybe, Hey, it'll help her digestive issues. And maybe we'll help her with her pain. One treatment, she had about 80, I would say 70, 80% reduction in her chronic pain and not just the fibromyalgia pain, but also the neck and the back pain as well. It was really revolutionary for her. So it, it was, it's turned out to be a pretty powerful treatment for this one patient. And so then I'll, I'll start to use this treatment too on other patients that I'm seeing kind of, um, you know, uh, 
you know, stubbornness with their pain or their condition or things that just aren't moving as they should, quote unquote, uh, with acupuncture, with regular kind of acupuncture treatments, quote well, unquote. I, I feel like desperate times call for desperate measures. And when you've tried everything and it's not working, let's try something else. Yep. And that's what, yep. exactly what you did. And it worked. Yep. Yep. And so um, this this protocol, which makes sense, I think, ultimately, there's a lot of research looking at how the vagus nerve can regulate inflammation systemically in the body and also with the pain response as well. So they're looking at things like interleukin-6, um, interferon, like all these other kind of molecules and proteins and enzymes in the body that end up being regulated well when patients are in a better state of what we would call parasympathetic dominance. So the vagus nerve, which we didn't mention before, but I can touch on briefly, yeah. ultimately uh, regulates our fight or flight response. So when people are in chronic pain, oftentimes, or if they've been in a motor vehicle accident, or if they have, uh, if they've been abused or any other kind of trauma, the nervous system ramps up and it's stuck in that position, right? And then it's hard for the body to say, oh, I'm, I'm stressed, but I don't really know that I'm stressed, but it's hard to calm down. This is where that vagus protocol really comes in handy because it teaches that that critical, that central access of the nervous system to calm down, shut off, and go back into rest and digest mode, ultimately. Wow. So that, yeah. What a great story. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that really brings it home. And, and listeners, if there's anyone listening that's suffering from fibromyalgia or this, this chronic pain, yep. Yep. this is an answer. Yep, absolutely. And why wouldn't we try this? Yep. I mean, my goodness, like you said, there are a lot of options out there, but... It just, it seems like a no brainer to me, but that's right, just right. me. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, we you should make your own opinion. Everybody do your research, but why not give Matthew a call? Can you share your phone number again, Matthew? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's 833-246-4347. Excellent. Okay. Tell us, does insurance cover your services or what other ways are there to pay for them? Generally speaking, no. Um, and at Henry Ford, we necessarily don't take private medical insurance. Motor vehicle, workman's comp, uh, veterans, if you're a vet, uh, you can go through the VA through to get acupuncture directly, or sometimes they'll refer you out to a, a community uh, practice as well, which we're partnered with them. Uh, so we'll see a lot of veterans as well. Um, but typically, insurance doesn't cover it. We are seeing more and more coverage in our community, in our state as well, and especially in the past three or four years. Um, insurance uh, companies are definitely hearing kind of patients and saying, hey, my medications, injections, standard care is not working. What else can I do? And why isn't acupuncture coverage uh, covered? So they're definitely, a lot of patients have been making their voices known and kind of requesting these services. Uh, but I always tell patients, it doesn't hurt to check your insurance. If you do have coverage, um, you know, we can't direct bill at Henry Ford in our department, unfortunately, for private medical insurance. Hopefully soon we will, maybe in the next couple of years or next mm -hmm. year and we will. But what we can do is give patients a medical receipt called a super bill, and then they can submit it to their insurance directly, get reimbursed directly to them. So it's a little way around that. Excellent. And then like HSA, I mean, if someone has an HSA account. Exactly. Exactly. And we take HSA for all of our services. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. One more question. Auricular acupuncture, how is it different? Yeah. Auricular acupuncture is just focusing on the ear. So it's a little microcosm of the whole body as well. And what I was mentioning too about the vagus nerve protocol, ultimately this is kind of that protocol what and what, is. Is, what okay. we've been doing. So there's points all over the ear that can be good for you know digestive issues, for uh, low back pain, for sleep, for nicotine addiction, for... I mean, there's points all Who over the ear. Thought? Exactly. Right. You know, and I used to be really skeptical of auricular acupuncture because I was like, well, okay, sure. That's kind of cute. You know, we think we can treat the whole body with some points on the ear. 
but through some of my digging with this like, with this cow, vagus nerve, works. yeah, it makes sense because they're, the ear is innervated and so closely prox, uh, proximal to the major nerve pathways of the brain. Of course, I think it can definitely regulate inflammation uh, and other pain conditions throughout the whole body. So, yeah. Well, and there's inflammation diets I've heard of mm -hmm. repeatedly that people are trying. Mm -hmm. Which, why not do that and this? Exactly. And that's what I'll talk to patients about as well. I think a lot of people will come in to see me just wanting to focus on acupuncture and have it be their panacea uh, and cure-all for their condition. But ultimately, like we were mentioning before, health is complex, right? So it needs to be an integrative approach, diet, exercise, making sure you're getting enough sleep. Um, and it can definitely be a lot for a patient, but ultimately, you know, your body is, you only have this body right in this lifetime. So we need to we take care one. of it. Yeah. Yep, there's we, need one. To, we need to take care of it and feel better. And I mean, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of my patients just about moving better, right. Being able to pick up their grandkids and how that's important for them and being able to drive. And I mean, these things are critical for a lot of people, mobility issues. So. Well, and the goal really at Next Steps for Seniors is to help our seniors stay as independent as possible, as long as possible. Right. But honestly, it all comes back to health. Right, right. Yeah, if we can't move, if we don't feel well, if we're constantly stuck in bed because we're depressed or anxious, right? I mean, that's that's quality of life that we're missing days and, and years potentially for. We, yeah. Exactly. We yeah. really try to touch on the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, right, really. Right. Yep. Because it all, to me, comes together. Yep. It for the whole person. Yep. So, well, I can't thank you enough, Matthew. Honestly, I am I'm fascinated by what you do. I'm very thankful that we have people like you in the industry that care about the whole person yep. and have some alternatives to, you know, like you said, the regular medicine. No offense, sure, but there sure. are ways we can support in both avenues. Sure. So I really do appreciate it. Can you share your number one more time with our listeners? Absolutely. Yep. Our number is 833 four, three, four, seven. And how about how long would it take to get in to see you? I mean, are you booked for the next couple of weeks? How far? You know, we out? have, we have openings, I think even next week. Yep. For okay. new patients. Yep. So yeah, this is the winter I'm gonna time. Cause I'm going to take one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, it takes like a week or maybe two uh, to get in. But once we get people established in our Excellent. clinic, I'll usually make room for patients stay longer too, if I need to. I mean, I'm, I'm here for the patient's health. Like I care about my patients. I want them to get better. Oh no, that's all obvious. Yeah. We yep. all, yep. yes. Matthew cares. There's no doubt. And that's why you're here today. So yep. God bless you. Thank you for what you do. Listeners, Thank you so much. Give him a call. This could be your answer. Thank you so much. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.